0: Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Hoff. Friends, we are still looking for the equivalent of conservative, not bitter talk on the side of the left. Liberal, not bitter has become an oxymoron in today's world. So we are still looking. I will keep you abreast of any information that changes in that regard. But we have scoured the earth high and low, finding nothing remotely close. The radical left has hijacked liberalism has hijacked uh, much of what we are dealing with today and we're going to talk about some of that as the program unfolds today my friends thank you so much for tuning in i'm your host todd huff email todd at Toddhuffshow.com, dot questions thoughts feedback uh, opinions adoration praise etc etc all those things accepted at that email. Just make it count. That's all I ask. Make it count. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to send the host, your one and only host, an email at Todd and So let's get started here today. I want to start. I want to start by kind of uh, giving a I guess I guess a summary of, of where I think we stand politically, not just you know, on this program, we talk about national, <clears throat> national politics. It's true, though, that all politics are local. And that's one of the things that I'm trying to pay attention to and, and notice. Um, and, and I, I guess uh, just a, as we travel, right, as we travel around the country. Um, and right now we're outside of San Antonio. In fact, over the weekend, we were able to uh, visit the Alamo which was, um, I'd been there once before several years ago. I actually made a day trip for another, a day trip, you heard me right, uh, from Indianapolis. Flew down, visited the Alamo, did the River Walk, went to a business meeting, and flew back that same day. This has probably been, I was thinking about this, uh, it's probably been 17 or 18 years is my guess. Anyway, so we uh, did that trip, uh, we're about 30 minutes outside of, outside of, um, san antonio and so we went to the alamo and then um did a little bit of the river walk as well and anyway so but as we're traveling we're going to churches you know one of the things i i like to do we we make sure that we do this unless it is a travel day which i think one of these weeks it has been we try to we try to make sure that we get in uh to a a local church and i'm always encouraged i've been i've been very encouraged about the things i've been hearing um, the messages I've heard in, in churches, and yesterday's message was uh, not an exception. I mean, just good, good biblical truth that's being taught and proclaimed from pulpits in the churches. I obviously can't go to every church in the city of San Antonio or wherever else, but anyway, um, I've been encouraged by, by what I've seen. So, um, but, but politics is still local. Right? And so to get varying perspectives and to kind of understand you know what's I don't know, viewpoints and worldview and ideology of different parts of the country is is something that we're trying trying to do here. But there's still a broader national push, a national narrative, and not just national now. it's it's international. it's always been international, but I would say it's more international now. Than it has been in the past because of what's happening in our neighboring country to the north, Canada. Uh, and I was asking Oz before the break. I'm not sure if I want to call Trudeau Vladimir Trudeau or Justin Putin. I kind of like both of them for different reasons. Uh, but that's how he's behaving. In fact, I've seen some tweets um, and other things as I've been doing the the show prep a lot of people saying things like, "If this sort of thing was happening in another part of the world, if it was happening in Putin, right, or in, in Putin in Russia with Putin, um, the response from the media would be much different." Why? Well, <laughs> there's several reasons why. One of those is that Putin they have branded as a sort of blood brother to President Donald J. Trump. That's not true. That's completely erroneous and, and silliness. But this is there's a whole group of um, what do I want to call them almost like um, you know the, these uh, groupies almost they're groupies that follow the media much like 60s groupies followed their favorite bands around the countries or, or country or whatever but it's the same kind of concept they just, they just whatever is put out there they just absorb and take it in and regurgitate it and think that they're I guess part of the in crowd I don't know what they think on some level I know it's usually what they feel They feel like they're in the know. They feel like they're superior to those who disagree with them. They feel, they feel, they feel. But there's not a lot of thinking uh, really going on there. But nonetheless, um, if this were happening, what's happening in Canada, in Russia, it would be portrayed much, 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 much differently. And so, as I was preparing for the program, I saw Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, is asking, requesting a meeting with President Vladimir Putin. And of course, as I was thinking about this, I thought, you know, the odds that Putin meets with Zelensky may be about as good as the odds that Trudeau meets with the trucker convoy, which made me think, well, this, you know, one dictator mimicking, mocking, uh, I should say, mimicking in this instance, the, the other. And I think Trudeau may be mimicking Putin here. In this particular instance, not meeting with adversaries, having a political, a desired political outcome. Russia wants to take Ukraine. uh, Trudeau wants to silence political opposition, strengthen his hand, and destroy those who are in the movement that uh, he finds repugnant and repulsive. Which, of course, is not the job of politicians. But nonetheless, this is this is where we are and domestically this also these things are all intertwined they're all intertwined this is the beginning the the left realizes that they have a massive in, in this country now the democrat party realize they have a massive problem in front of them and that is the 2022 midterms and they know things like mandates are not popular they know that they are on a track we've talked about this in the past They are on a track to be held accountable for their authoritarian-type actions, their double standard, their hypocrisy as they travel the Super Bowls, maskless as they take pictures with supporters and celebrities, as in the case of Mayor Garcetti, holding his breath and all, getting his photo taken. But, of course, demanding that you, if you're in Los Angeles, if your child goes to an L.A. school— that you're vaccinated, that you wear a mask, but they never have to do this. And people have had enough. People, by the way, of both of both parties, even when you look locally, and it appears, appears that my local school district um, is, has now lifted their mask mandates as well. And why? Why have they lifted their mask mandates? I'm telling you why. It's because they started to get pushback. They started to get pushback. And... These folks, I'm telling you, I, I don't like to say this, but I think when I ran for school board, twenty some, I think it was 20, 22 years ago. Sounds crazy to say that, but when I ran, I remember it, it was explained to me back then that you know, this is a this is a nonpartisan, but this is you know, nonpartisan position. You didn't put on the ballot someone's uh, political affiliation, their political party for school board. Because it's supposed to be apolitical. Folks, there is no there is no such thing that is apolitical. I'm sorry. There just isn't in today's world. And by the way, by today's world, I mean 22 years ago as well. I remember the gentleman that I ran against actually stood up at a kind of a town hall meeting that we all, uh, well, I think most of the candidates, maybe all the candidates attended and uh, participated in, stood up and said his taxes were not high enough, in his opinion. And so don't tell me worldview and ideology do not play into the mess that we find ourselves in. And all all situations, local school board, county commissioners, county councilmen, city council, whatever, all of these things, politics and worldview, play a major, major role. And then what we've seen that works Is what the truckers now? The truckers have a massive. They're dealing with the federal government of Canada, who is throwing all of its resources behind silencing, breaking up, arresting, taking financial, what taking bank accounts, seizing money, folks. By the way, if you were, if you can listen, if you're hearing my voice today, and you were one of the folks that donated to the trucker convoy, um, the media has been doxing releasing the information to people that have given on give send Go's platform and we might by the way I've been communicating with them We might have one of the founders of give, send, Go on this program. let me know if you'd like me to do that and i've I've been communicating with them and that may be something that we do but anyway the they were hacked and now information on the donors that have given to this campaign has been has been released and we literally have people the media looking into to folks who have donated $40. I'm not even joking. I've seen forwarded emails to journalists. You gave $40 to this campaign. Um, you know, do you care to share what the world is going on? Why are you a Nazi? I mean, I'm I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I'm I'm adding to it, but folks, this is the angle of the stories. Right? We basically if you gave to the Freedom Convoy, you might as well be a participant in the January 6th insurrection. In fact, these two things are being meshed together. In fact, I would contend that the way that the media has handled the protest, the trucker convoy, the freedom convoy, is much the same way. Now, listen, don't, mis- don't take me out of context here. I'm not defending those who actually broke the law. If you break the law, there's consequences. If you're protesting, if you're exercising your legitimate freedom of speech for the right to to protest your government, to uh, petition your government for a redress of grievances as the Constitution so beautifully states. I'm not talking about, I'm not conflating those two groups of people. Not everybody who was protesting on January 6th stormed the Capitol and (laughs) no one tried to engage in an actual overthrow of the government. This is, that part of it there's phases to this, right? There's a difference between the peaceful protesters and the folks who stormed the Capitol, broke those that actually broke the law, not those that were ushered in by police, which there's video of. I mean, that, that's a whole thing in and of itself. I don't want to get into that at the moment, January 6th. But so you have the peaceful protesters. You had the people who went into the Capitol, those that did things that truly broke the law. Um and so you've got different different groups of people here, right? Same is true in 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 Canada. There might have been some people who broke the law. There are always are, but if you look at the protests itself, I mean, they had bouncy houses. There's been I've seen um, prayer, folks kneeling and praying for their country. Um, in fact, the folks that I've seen violence from actually were the Canadian police. I've seen video of them. Um, breaking through a line of peaceful protesters with large horses, even knocking some of those folks to the ground. And, um, you know, horses, I don't know if they were stepped on, but it was darn close that they weren't stepped on. I've seen people arrested for no reason. I still don't see reasons given for a lot of this stuff. But, see, governments don't feel like they have to do that. Authoritarian governments dictate, and you follow or you pay the consequence. And that's where we are everywhere right now. So that's why if you've donated to this thing, you're on a list, journalists are gonna try to dox you, humiliate you, portray you as something that you're not. That's what they've been doing. This is their game, their strategy, their tactics. And there's a lot of reasons for this. And one of those reasons is because we're embarking upon the 2022 midterms. They want to change the narrative. They don't want to talk about how they behaved with masks. They don't want to talk about what they've done since they've been in charge of the uh, American economy in the sense that they're in charge of telling us the rules and um, you know how they're going to apparently tax us into prosperity, which, of course, is complete nonsensical drivel. But anyhow – This – they don't want to talk about the real issues. They want to make it about another narrative. And so if they can paint a donor of the Freedom Convoy as someone who is uh, basically an insurrectionist, a racist, a Nazi that does two things. That scares people, that makes them not want to give or participate, that changes the narrative, that puts – this side of conservative principles and values on defense that puts the authoritarian Nazis, the true, the true Gestapo, which we've seen um, Trudeau ordering around in in Ottawa, that's that's what we need to be concerned with. Not people exercising their freedom to protest this stuff. And so, if you've been, if you had given to this, and now your information's out there, I'm just look, folks, don't. It's come to this point. We've we've come to this point to where the lines are are, are firmly, clearly drawn. They have been drawn. You're either on the side of an ever-growing, um, no boundary, knowing government, or you're on the side of liberty. And if and if you donate it and your information's out there, who cares? It doesn't mean that it's, they're not going to try to come down on you. It doesn't mean that they're not going to try to intimidate you. But, folks, if we don't stand up at some point, they just look at what's happened in Canada. Look at what happened with masking policies. Look at what happened to vaccine requirements. They will push and push and push until we push back, until we push back. That's what happened at Monrovia School, so far as I can, I can tell as I travel the country people pushed back and they said, enough, we're not going to play this game anymore. And lo and behold, something that wasn't even on the agenda of the school board somehow suddenly, suddenly got addressed. Amazing. From people who will tell you that it wasn't even their decision to make that policy to begin with. But yet suddenly now they can fix it. And that is just one tiny, tiny microcosm. Wherever your kids go to school, wherever your grandkids go to school, same exact junk. Whatever city is closest to you that's being governed by a radical leftist mayor, the same is happening right there as well. Whether you're in the United States, if you're one of my brothers and sisters live at, uh, that, that love freedom around this, this, this world, around the globe, whatever country you're in, um, these power-hungry, authoritarian types, the types that believe in dictates and edicts, not in the liberty and choices and free will of their people, whether it's Justin Putin, whether it's Joseph R. Biden, Kamala Harris, whether it's in New Zealand or Australia, take your pick. Around the world, folks, the way to fight this is to oppose it, is to not worry if you're going to be labeled and identified as someone who is – suddenly dangerous because you stand up for freedom by your government. If you think that this, that this problem is going to go away by not, by not standing up and being recognized now, that is beyond naive. We have reached that point. So whether they're doxing us for giving to the Freedom Convoy, trying to intimidate us, trying to take down our bank accounts, trying to take away our ability to transfer money to those that we are supporting, whatever the case may be, trying to make it impossible for those who want to see President Trump run again, those individuals that want to make it possible for him to even be a candidate again. If we think that suddenly saying, all right, all right," all right, we'll accept all those terms. If we think that that is going to make this next round of this fight any better, we are living in the world of delusion, my friends. And I am long in this segment. Quick timeout. Come back and talk about so much more. I get so much. Always on a Monday, there's a lot that I want to talk about. So um, quick timeout. Be back here, my friends, in mere moments. Welcome back, my friends. By the way, program brought to you in part by our friends at Midwest Tax Group. It is tax season. Some of you may still be thinking, how am I going to get my taxes done. In fact, if you think about taxes like I think about them, you just dry heaved (laughs) and maybe almost vomited there. But um, taxes are necessary to life Um, just the way that it is. And so we have to do that. No matter what you think about any politics or anything, you have to file your taxes, as you well know. Midwest Tax Group is here to help. And if you're looking for someone to help do your taxes, consider reaching out to them. MWtaxgroup.com. MW for Midwest. MWtaxgroup.com. Jody and his team have been helping us. I, was, I need to go back and actually look. I think it's been since 2000. Man, it was before we started the other business, which was 2009. So it's probably been close to 15 years is my guess. MWtaxgroup.com. Be sure you tell them you heard about them here on the Todd Huff Show, Midwest Tax Group. So let's get back here to just the lay of the land and what's going on, right? On on local level, we talked about your local, we talked about my local school board, but really, I don't care that it's mine. I share that with you to think, folks, that is a group that, maybe someone listening to my voice right now needs to run for office. I don't know. Maybe some of you listening to my voice right now need to attend meetings. I don't know. Actually, I do know that that that, that should be the case. Um, we, We should be more engaged because that's ultimately what's created this problem that we have. Government wanting to do too much, and when people are apathetic, when we don't pay close enough attention, when things may be going well and there's not headlines about Biden- you know um putting dead dogs on doorsteps or whatever he's been bragging about doing or starting um you know encouraging Russia to say the least to maybe uh, go ahead and invade Ukraine if they just do it a little bit minor incursion whatever the case may be those things get our attention right it's one of the things i thought about trump even if you didn't like trump my goodness the way that the way that he drove it, it became impossible to not pay attention to politics, and so we have an opportunity, is what I'm saying. But apathy is what created this mess. Apathy, disinterest, an inability—you know—we we got too busy, we got distracted, we trusted people too much, whatever. Just we weren't engaged. Is the bottom, the bottom line. So I don't know what's happening at your school. I I don't I. I know, statistically speaking, that there are teachers that um, are really good. There are teachers that are really looking for ways to <laughs> – I, I just don't know how else to say that. It's just – it's it's true, folks. They get their – I don't know if you're familiar, if you follow the NEA much. When I was a school board member, I got to see firsthand some of the stuff. The, the NEA was you know, pushing on the teachers and – through the teachers union arm was, you know, trying to implement at local school districts around or well, around the country, around the state in particular of Indiana. I saw all that stuff up close and and personal. And it's not is not good stuff. I'm just, I'm just telling you. It just it just isn't. These are folks that you that they want. Democrats elected, and not even like the Joe Manchin type of Democrats. No, they they want radicals, folks. The folks that run these groups are radicals, and so the point is, even if you have teachers that are reasonably good, you know, people with common sense, you know, some of them, some of them can be led to do some things that just don't. Uh, I don't know. They get disconnected, or they. They buy into some of the rationale and, and reasoning given them by the NEA, the National What, Education Association, I guess. It's it's not a group of well-meaning, constitutionally conservative folks. I mean, these are these are a lot of radical ideas come out of these places. In fact, I'll share a quick story. I may have shared it on here before. I remember just this is not please don't misunderstand me. I am not applying this to any group of, of people completely. This is not my point. Um, I'm going to share a quick anecdote um, about my experience when I was a, in college. We did a, a program, a class, I guess you could, you should say that was for political science majors. I was a political science major and um, an education major, secondary or you know elementary education majors, I think is what it was. So it was, it was people that were wanting to be teachers and people that were wanting to have something to do you know politics or what have you and the idea was a pretty good idea I thought which was let's have people who want to be involved in you know government policy or ideas in the political debate also be in us in, in a room with with students we, we had basically a, a group of students at an IPS school for a semester that we would go maybe once or I think it was once. It could have been twice a week, but I think it was once. And the idea is teachers got to see the, the thinking behind policies and so forth. And people who might be involved in making policies or engaging in the political discourse got to see firsthand what it was like for, for teachers, right? Some of the things they were being taught and things that they were doing and so forth. And there was this, a girl in my class, very – I mean an intelligent girl good hearted young lady. And I remember one day we were having a group uh, a group discussion on an issue. I don't even remember what the issue was. I may have told the story in here before, but I just to me, this this is why we should be engaged. It's not just because everybody's a radical trying to tell your kids stuff through critical race theory or whatever that's, you know, offensive or uh, dangerous in your estimation it's it's also that some just don't they haven't thought it through they don't even really know necessarily why they're doing what they're doing because we were having this discussion and she, she's i i said well i don't think whatever the issue was i said i see it this way and she literally looked at me and she said well that's not what the book said and I, i folks i was perplexed because keep in mind i was in the position where i was having to argue my beliefs and ideas every day and so that concept what she just said to me was about as foreign as anything I had ever heard in a in a classroom setting. And I said, what do you mean the book doesn't say it? I said, what do you think? And it was almost as though she had not even considered it. She and again, smart girl, I, I I'm hoping she began to question things from that, you know, from that point on. But she it was like she never even thought about it. It was almost like she had the mindset that says okay tell me how to teach tell me the the words to say tell me you know, show me the curriculum and i can i can present it to the children and that oof, that to me is a dangerous thing because then you got people she probably wouldn't have agreed with some of these things like critical race theory but if she was being told to do them i don't what would she have done i'm not saying she definitely would have i'm just saying you can see how people who have no intent on actually engaging in some of these things are going to to actively choose to get involved but there here we find ourselves right so locally school boards county commissions you know city councils all these groups we have to be involved but then we also have to see the national narrative right and we have to understand how they're trying to shift the needle locally by demonizing people who believe that the sort of things that we believe that I believe nationally. You know, demonize an individual and then use that to drive a wedge between people who are trying to get things done on the local, the local level. And that's a, a powerful force. And then compound it by looking at the international level. Right, and, and what we see in Canada today and Justin Putin, or if you prefer, Vladimir Trudeau, acting like a, truly like an authoritarian. And, well, I mean, it doesn't seem that anybody's coming to the aid of, of the Canadian truckers. I mean, people speaking out like me, people giving money like maybe some of you in the audience, but no one in the government to be found. Some, I should say some, but not able to stop the, stop the tyrant Trudeau. So the cure to fixing all these problems is, is engagement. It's not even just, some people think it's education, and that's important. We have to understand the issues, understand what's going on, have to be a little savvy, read the stitches on the, on the fastball, that sort of thing. But really, most times it comes down to standing on principle, right? Like the truckers right now. They've had every avenue shut down. Trudeau is dropping the hammer on them. They just have to stand firm. As uncomfortable and as (laughs) who knows where this is going to lead, sort of thinking this might cause us to have. That's what has to happen. I I told Oz before the show, and i got to take a break really long in this segment, but I told Oz that this, this is, to me, one of the most important moments in modern American history. And I know it's in Canada, but but that's what happens in Canada, folks, that's often the gateway for some of these crazy European <laughs> utopian junk ideas to enter the United States. And here we are truly effectively abandoning habeas corpus and in, in, in some Shape, manner, or form. I'll talk about that when we get back. Quick timeout, my friends. Back here in mere moments. Welcome back, my friends. Before the break, and I don't have a lot of time. I'm off. I'm off because I've been long-winded. I made a comment um, about habeas corpus being under assault. It's not just technically. Um, habeas corpus which is effectively a safeguard built into well common law uh, the Western civilization I'm 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 not going through this explanation as as a legal scholar just in a common sense explanation so if you're a, a lawyer please give me some leeway just to articulate the idea here but effectively this concept of, of habeas corpus is, where a court has the oversight, I guess you would say, um, so that when law enforcement personnel, officials, whatever, they have someone detained or arrested or what have you, um, there is some oversight to effectively say, is this person being legally detained? And so I'm using that in a broader sense to say, the concept um, that says there, there's a series of, of policies, a, a, series, a, a series of oh, steps, safeguards that are in place, right? That allow us, that, that are designed to protect people and their liberty. And those are quite literally under assault. For example, the founders did not like the notion that you could, uh, and rightfully so, lovers of liberty would like this as well. You you can't you can't if something is not illegal today, and someone in the government says I don't like that someone's doing this, um, you can't make it illegal. You, I, the government can you know make it illegal from that moment forward, or once the law is being being enacted. But you can't go back in time and say, now that we made this illegal, we're going to go arrest people that were doing it before it was illegal. That's just not – that defies, defies common sense. But yet that's the way that this is being dealt with, that, that these protesters are being dealt with. Folks, There's nothing there's nothing illegal about giving money to a group of protesters who are standing up for their liberties – Let's see what happens. Is Vladimir Trudeau comes on the stage, comes on the scene here, and he says, "This is an emergency, right? This is now suddenly everything that we have built, uh, the the Western society on, the the freedoms that we have, all that's suspended because the dangers that we're facing here in Canada, because of these truckers, these protesters, must be dealt with, and we have to, we have to throw away all of those safeguards." that have been, you know, um, reserved for the defense of liberty. We don't even have time for that. This is such uh, such a dangerous time that we live in. These truckers are truly violating um, every part of decency and that they are they are basically – that's why these terms occupiers comes into play. They want you to think effectively that they're terrorists, that they're Nazis, that they're racists. Fact. Where did I see this? Um, a Washington Post columnist called the Freedom uh, Freedom Convoy white uh, a white supremacist group. What in the world? It, freedom's a white supremacist. What in the world are these idiots talking about? It is beyond idiotic to me the stuff that we've got to put up with here. But this is how this is how they do it. You got to suspend. You gotta spin the normal way of, of processing these folks. it's so dangerous we've gotta access and, and lock down people people's bank accounts for something as innocuous as donating to a group of protesters whose liberties are absolutely being infringed upon by Vladimir Trudeau. I mean, it is preposterous. Nobody, I don't care what their position is on the protesters. You can you can say these protesters or out of their minds and still say, look, if, if you're a believer in liberty and freedom and the concept that our rights come from God and that one of those rights is to protest our government for a redress of grievances, the, the side that you're on has been chosen. And you can say, I don't like what they're standing for. I don't like what they're arguing. I don't agree with it. But they have every single right, every single right in the world to do it. Except do they? Well, it depends on who's in charge. And it depends upon these time-honored principles whether or not we're going to demand, and yes, I mean demand, that they stay in place. And whether it's your child's right to not have to be stuck in a stupid mask all day at school, whether it's your right or your child's right or your parent's right or whatever to not have to be jabbed with something you don't want in your body, whether it's how you use your personal money and as far as it goes to giving to certain give send go campaigns what have you we have to absolutely demand not ask not request demand the lines have been drawn my friends I know some some folks some folks are just now coming to the realization of how bad government is but remember they're they're 25 steps past that they've been bad for a long time they're just revealing to us, us who they are. The sooner we can collectively realize they are bad, they have been bad, not every single one of them, but there's some bad actors and they have a lot more power than they ever should. As soon as we come to grips with that, we got to think, okay, where are they in their thinking today because they're 25 steps ahead of us, or ahead of ahead of those who have just realized that government's gone wild. And I've seen I've seen some people come to this realization on social media and elsewhere. I'm long in this break. Oz is about giving up hope, keeping me on time today. But this battle is local. This battle is statewide. This battle is national. This battle is international. And those who are thirsty for power, those who are authoritarian, they absolutely know no bounds. They will stop at nothing until we demand, until we make them stop. Ultimately, getting them out of office, removing them, electing other people. I'm not advocating some overthrow. I'm talking about voting these jokers out of office and hopefully in such humiliating fashion that they will never, ever even attempt to run for anything, anything ever again. Quick time out, my friends. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. You know, I was, as I was talking, and I got to hustle up here, but as I was talking about habeas corpus... Um, there there's another term that I just couldn't spit out on the fly due process you you could say due process is the general thing that's being thrown out the window who uh, window here, which is basically just treating people justly um and and handling things fairly as you know whenever they are uh, going through the the criminal justice system. but I picked habeas corpus because that refers to literally... Uh, I mean, a larger part of the process, which is, I mean, the Latin is you you have the body. You've detained the person, so you have them. Why do you have them? Is it an illegal confinement? Have they been charged? What have they been charged with? What are you doing with the individual? You have their person. Why? And that, in my opinion, there's a violation of a basic habeas corpus in in Canada right now. And, and by the way, oh boy, I don't want to get into this all right now, but you can make the case that it's the same thing with the way due process has been handled and potentially um, the way that folks have been detained. Some of these folks were uh, pertaining to January 6th. I know that's lights a fuse for some people. You can say even if someone is is guilty of something, there's still a process we're supposed to adhere to. And it's for precisely for times like this. Situations like this where people get their panties in a bunch. Quick time out, my friends back in just a minute. Alright, my friends, that <clears throat> unfortunately is about all of the time that we have today. But let me say this again. I do think, I do think that people are waking up to this. Um, I think that we have never had a better opportunity in at least modern times to actually persuade people. I mean, we are literally watching the erosion of time-honored principles and foundational components of our, of Western civilization, of freedom, of of a constitutional republic, and just the West in general collapse. And it's ultimately going to take... People standing up and demanding that these things be followed and adhered to. I gotta go, folks. SDG, see you tomorrow. Take care.